Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Bruna. And I'm Maya. And on this month's episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about appearance accepting universities. And before we get into that, I have to say, hi Maya, it's the first time we're recording an episode together, so I'm very, very excited to be with you. It is, and it's really lovely to record with you for the first time, Bruna. Back to the appearance accepting universities topic. We won't go into too much detail now about what exactly that means, as our guests will do a much, much better job of that than we can. Yes, and as always, we've got a great lineup of guests on the episode today to tell us all about this. So first, we're going to hear from Jade Parnell and Ella Guest. Jade, of course, you'll know as she's hosted this podcast in the past. And today she's not with us as a host, but as a research fellow here at CAR, who's been involved in an appearance inclusive university initiative here at UWE, um, where CAR is based. Yes, and Ella's also a CAR research fellow who was involved in this project. And listeners may remember Ella from various previous episodes as well. Then we'll hear from Tam Getter and Rachel Stokes. So Tam is the sports experience manager at UE Bristol Sport. And Rachel has just completed her MSc in health psychology. And she did a project related to this work as part of that. Well, let's hear what our guests have to tell us. I'm Jade Parnell and I'm a research fellow at the Centre for Appearance Research. Hi, I'm Ella Guest and I'm a research fellow at CAR as well. Welcome both. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So you're here to talk to us about the Appearance Inclusive University Initiative that was done at UWE. So I wonder, Jade, can you start us off by telling us what that means? Yeah, of course. The combined goal from everyone in the initiative is to promote acceptance of appearance inclusivity. And the reason that we wanted to do it is to really embed appearance inclusivity into the university, which is the University of the West of England based in Bristol here. We want to embed that ethos of inclusivity and produce some really impactful materials. Essentially, Amy Slater and Diana Harcourt, they had this mission to use the Centre for Appearance Research, which is based at the University of West of England. It was such a great opportunity for UWE having the research centre here uh, to help promote appearance inclusivity. Why is it important that universities like UWE are appearance inclusive? Uh, I guess the listeners of this podcast um, probably have some ideas about the answer to that themselves. But in terms of really a really specific answer, um, for the past few years, we've collected data from all new students when they've enrolled at the university. And that looks at lots of things, including aspects of health and well-being. Um, But we've specifically looked at body image and we found that over 75 percent of students rate body image as being really important to them. Um, Around 70 percent report worrying about how they look, at least some, most or all of the time. Also, around half of the students that we've interviewed over the past few years have reported that their body image has a negative impact on their lives. So this might be their actual academic studies, which obviously makes it really relevant to the university Um, as something to look at, but also other parts of their lives, like their relationships with other people, their friendships and that kind of thing. So not only is body image obviously really relevant to student populations, but actually we can see really clearly from data that we've collected from really quite large samples of students that it is a specific issue for UE students. Um, So I think that really sparked off our interest. And um, as Jade said, 
wanting to do more within the university. You know, we do a lot internationally and externally, but really wanting it to bring it back home to make sure that we're embedding the kind of messages and the findings of our research from CAR within the university as a whole. So as well as the quantitative um, findings I just talked about, we also um, carried out some qualitative studies. So qualitative uh, interviews can be really useful when you want to find out more about a topic that you don't know much about. You want to get some really in-depth data and understand nuances and um, different people's experiences. So we've carried out with the help of a couple of casual research associates interviews with a range of students across the university to find out about their experiences, how appearance plays a part in their lives at the university and also what they think an appearance inclusive university is and, and how UE could make sure that they are portraying that and making people feel comfortable and that appearance is sort of diversely represented. Yeah, and a few other things that we did within this within this initiative is we wanted to really make it applied as well. So like we know this information, we know it's important. What can we do about it within the university? So we did, for example, training for UE PGCE students. Um, so these are yeah students who are going to eventually become teachers about how to be appearance inclusive and have those conversations, open those doors. And that was uh, very impactful. And we got some really great feedback about how much they felt that that was an important topic and not really talked about. And we also created a video with UE filming students. Uh, we thought that was lovely in-house where they got to create the video and had a lot of scope and showcase the work, not only that we do at CAR, but to really focus on how diverse and great UE is in representing, representing that. And another thing we did for advocacy is we got to really try and push the removal of photo enhancements on UE graduation photos. Now, I'll just explain a little bit about that. UE has this additional charge that when a student goes to their graduation, you can pay a fee and you can have your teeth whitened or your complexion smoothed. And um, that is, like I say, an additional cost. But the fact that that's even available is really kind of anti the ethos that we're trying to promote here about appearance inclusivity. So with the help of some wonderful people at the graduate school trying to push the removal of that. So things like that happened within this project. And another thing we've been doing is working with UE Bristol Sport in a number of ways. And later on in this episode, you'll be hearing from Tam and Rachel, who will be talking more about those projects. I love that you did so much within this initiative across so many different areas of UE and with so many different people at UE. You've already talked about quite a few things that I think people could take away from this initiative. But what would you advise other universities to do to make their academic space more inclusive? So there's a couple of things, I guess, that have come out from the work we've done and the people we've spoken to. One thing that I think is really important is to make sure that you're representing a range of students and staff within things like marketing materials and um, videos and that sort of thing. We tend to see very specific types of students presented, but actually making sure that you're presenting everyone will make people feel more welcome and will show that you're appearance inclusive. Knowing that if you keep reflecting on this, that you can keep improving. It's not like here we are now, this is the best we'll ever be. It's like, what can we continue to do as a university to not be stagnant? Definitely. And I think also just listening to students and making them aware that this is something that um, is important and is being considered. You know, we've 
found from the qualitative research that people have really different experiences or, for example, use of different language preferences might really differ depending on different people. So I think listening to students and understanding what they want and need and how that might vary in diff- from different universities is something that's really important as well. This initiative had so many great people across different faculties of the university, um, different academic services, who all had that common goal of wanting to listen to the students and make sure that they felt included. And that would have a really important impact. That needs to continue. It has to continue. At the end of this project, we had a sort of showcase and networking event where we played the documentary that Jade talked about. And even though we feel like we've really made connections through a lot of the university through this project, actually, because of that event, we've made even more. We've spoken to other areas of the university. So I think continuing to spread our uh, reach and work uniquely with all of those different areas is something that we would really like to do as well. My name is Rachel. I have just graduated from my MSc Health Psychology degree. I'm Tamara Guetta. I'm Sport Experience Manager at UE Bristol Sport. Um, and the aim of my role is to kind of increase access to physical activity for physical and mental health. Welcome both. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. What has the Appearance Inclusive University Initiative done within the UE Bristol Sports context? So the researchers at CAR developed a two-part training session called Body Confident Professionals. This was adapted from the existing Body Confident Collective training to meet the needs of UE Bristol Sport at their request on appearance-inclusive sport and fitness environments. And Tam, what did that mean for UE employees? So we had an amazing course delivered through CAR. It brought a really new um, aspect to our delivery. We brought together a really wide spectrum of UE Bristol Sport staff. So we had and representation from our performance team, our reception team, our operations staff, our fitness team, our marketing team and our sport experience team. Um, and I don't think I've seen so many people from across our staff, it, the kind of department in, in the same room for a long time. So it's really upskilled people. It's given people more awareness and how we can be appearance inclusive um, and giving people new ideas of what we can do to make sure everyone feels welcome within a sports setting. And Rachel, I guess this is exactly what your dissertation was about. And so I'm wondering, um, what can you tell us about the impact of training UE Bristol sports staff? So all my participants were obviously employees at the UE Bristol sport who attended the training. And the data was collected pre, post and follow up in regards to the training. So we thought that taking part in the training would lead to reductions in eating disorder symptoms and reduce appearance orientation. However, neither outcome measures were reduced because of the training. Um, But those findings may be due to we had quite a low sample and participants didn't complete all of the time points. So from UE Bristol Sports side of things, I think if we were to run the workshop again, which we would really like to do, um, I think it's probably my role to kind of give people a bit more of an introduction to what CAR do and being appearance inclusive and what that means before we then go into the trainers they are a bit more upskilled of of know what to expect and how important their questionnaires that they complete are. Overall the feasibility and acceptability of the training appeared promising with many participants referring to the training content as good and important topic. They also said that the sessions made them more aware of inclusive terminology, diverse imagery and body functionality. So another theme related to like the job being their passion and part of who they were and they also there's a sub theme from this was the well-being as a key focus in the fitness industry. So did this mean that 
um, the program and these issues just felt like important concepts for these professionals. Yeah, definitely. The final theme was opening my eyes to new concepts. So this was where participants, as I said before, more aware of inclusive terminology. Yet some participants did did display some resistance to change about this. So some felt that it was difficult to accept new inclusive terminology. Um, they didn't didn't experience any issues with the terminology that they've used in their career. So some of the feedback that we gained from the training was to include more alternative examples. I mean, as Rachel's touched on, the kind of sport and the gym world can be quite intimidating for a lot of people. So it's really important at UE Bristol Sport that we're as inclusive as we can be. Within sport, there's a lot of focus on accessibility for people with different disabilities or different genders. But as far as I'm aware, there's not been much on appearance. Um, and as Rachel touched on as well, within the fitness industry, there's a lot of terminology that's been used for years and years without any kind of challenge or thought behind it for, for alternatives. So we feel we're kind of quite groundbreaking with this training to help make sure that all of our provision, all of our marketing, all of our facilities are appearance inclusive and everyone feels welcome that they can come to something that UE Bristol Sport runs. Yes, I think it will make students feel more welcome to use the space at UE Bristol, which in turn will widen the participation. Following on from everything we talked about, what should other sports centres and kind of spaces related to fitness consider? So to reflect on like what we've learned from the training, most said their practice had only changed a little, but this was attributed due to not having the time or opportunity to implement the ideas or techniques. So we thought about maybe a longer training programme would be be more suitable. So I would really like to see a change across the fitness industry um, and sport industry and, and a change in kind of industry standards. So it'd be really nice to see a, an appearance inclusive kind of accreditation scheme linked back to CAR. So there's kind of some clear, easy ways that sport and leisure centres and the fitness industry can make changes um, to make themselves more appearance inclusive. Like Rachel said, a range of imagery, but also this needs to be reflected in kind of stock imagery because it's very kind of stereotypical of how people perceive they should look before they step into a sports centre. So a broader range of imagery available to people um, and promoting role models from all different walks of life all different appearances um, so we can start to change this narrative of people need to look a certain way to access sport and physical activity. Thank you to Jade, Ella, Tam and Rachel for joining us on today's episode and to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It helps others to find us and it gives us a little boost. It really does help. And remember, you can keep up to date with all the centre's work on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All the links will be in the bio. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.